Welcome to the Pixies, baby. <laughs> Ooh, you feeling festive. You know, that music just gets me going every time, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Something special about it, for sure. That's right. <laughs> but yes, welcome, welcome. We're the Pixelists. I'm Will. That's my boy, Blake. And uh, together, we like to get together and talk about nerdy things. Uh, <laughs> in this case, the Legend of Vox Machina. <laughs> specifically episodes four through six we just had the next chunk drop this past friday and um i mean just cutting to the chase here i loved them i i'm really excited to hear what you think uh because again if you're new to us i've seen campaign one blake hasn't so watching this show together is has yeah, been yeah. fun to kind of get you know the organic reaction and the yeah, I've seen campaign one reaction. I don't know what to call that. Um, Critical Role in and of itself is like really fun to watch, but definitely like it's it's doing the Pixelus podcast. It's been really fun just to have someone else to hash stuff out with. And if you are new, you can always check out our Twitter for info about our channel. And it's at the Pixelus. And like my buddy Will just said, we just like to talk shop really about the shows we watch, the movies we enjoy the games we play supposedly <laughs> and uh we make that joke because we have never ever talked about a game um soon <laughs> so sure sure trade but um yeah so you said you loved it i guess we can just jump right in um you said you loved it yeah yeah i um i'm, I'm sure we'll talk about this more but uh now that we're like you know full steam ahead on the briarwood arc uh i i feel like they're doing a great job uh, it's they they surprised me in all the in all the right ways. I'll, I'll put it that way. Uh, okay. But yeah, I've I've really enjoyed it so far. Yeah. Um. Are you gonna do your Easter egg videos? By the way. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I just put up episode four. So okay. uh, I know that's a ton of work. Um. That's me. I, re I mean, this is like such a shameless plug for our own channel, but <laughs> just personally, I know you haven't I talked about it. I really enjoy those videos. Oh, thanks, man. Um, Cause it's just a really nice, I mean, I love critical role and it gives me some really nice added context uh, to things happening in the show that I'd otherwise would be totally oblivious to. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm trying not to be spoiler with it. Obviously there's some spoilers. Like if you haven't seen campaign yeah. one, but you want to watch the Easter egg video, I think, I mean, have you felt like big things have been spoiled by that? Not really. I mean, there's some things you've said that I've been like, I don't, I don't know what that is. Yeah. What that refers to. Um, so as long as I don't like go deep diving, you right. know, <laughs> what does he mean by this? You know, <laughs> Oh no. but, um, <clears throat> excuse me. No, it's really cool. Like one of, in the very first video, for example, you talked about, so like when Vax does, um, when Vax, I'm such an amateur, man. I know this no, is like, bro, such a I literally did the same thing. thing. <laughs> I made the same mistake in another video today. Which one's Liam O'Brien? Vax. Okay, yeah. So we were good. Yeah. So yeah, when Vax uh, in the very first episode throws his dagger and it reappears in his hand, I mm. literally I was like, oh, that's cool. That must be like a rogue thing I'm not familiar with. And I loved in your Easter egg video how you mentioned that um, it was related to, I guess, when they were first playing before they started as a stream. Yeah. I guess they were playing Pathfinder or Pathfinder variant or something like right, that. Right, yeah. Um, and then you also mentioned, uh, the belt too, uh, which is a nice little detail. The, the belt oh. that does the dagger or the snake belt? Yeah. Okay. No, yeah. the belt that does the dagger. Yeah. I think it's called oh. like a blink back belt from Pathfinder that lets you yeah. get the dagger back. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Cause I, I just, I would have been totally oblivious. And so I was like, oh, it's an item he got. So, it's all coming together. Yeah. I love when a plan comes together. <laughs> Something else. But, um. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the episodes too. It's, it's, I don't know how, 
part of me wonders what it would be like watching it, knowing everything that you know, like from your perspective, because I'm watching it as a pretty naive person, having not watched this arc before, having right. not seen more than a you know couple dozen episodes from CR1. Um, yeah, I the one thing that I did wonder, I was like, was I there for that? Was when the scene where, and we'll get into like specifics here in a minute, but one question I had for you was, when they're talking about the weirdest a kill they ever had yeah yeah and um <laughs> so marisha's good. character talks about the um character that she like gusts wind to and they fall into wasn't in the that lava, with yeah. like clorota and then like going down into the yes. illithid lair or yeah it was so that was like an actual moment that they're calling back to okay in uh yeah in... which <laughs> i was like oh my gosh i remember listening because i was listening to it on like my podcast or whatever yeah and that was like one of the first moments where i was like dude this show is funny like, this is good i really like this um but so when that happened on screen i was like oh my gosh i know that part so yeah. i imagine that's a little taste of what you're experiencing yeah yeah basically and uh that's actually that's funny uh, for the so i haven't done this one yet but when i do the easter egg video for that i'm gonna like splice in that clip with that and actually the Vax moment really happened and the Grog moment really happened as well when they're around the campfire. I mean, I, I was trying to think okay. if that Scanlan thing happened, but I don't think it did. So if anyone's watching this and you recall that Scanlan flashback, let me know in the comments. It's funny you mentioned that because actually, since I knew the Keyleth one had happened, I was wondering, well, did the other ones happen? Yeah. And the Scanlan one particularly, I was like, oh man, like I wonder what scene that was. So Yeah. So, I mean, with as much content as there is, like literal probably in the thousands of hours. Like it's totally possible that I just completely forgot it. So, yeah, yeah. but I don't think okay. that one happened. Yeah. Well, let's start general and then we'll work our way down to like specifics from certain episodes. Yeah. Again, you guys who are watching this video, you're welcome to comment below. Let us know some of your favorite parts, parts that you really liked questions. Maybe you had, and we'd love to engage with you. But, um, you said as a whole really enjoyed it are you enjoying them more? The farther we're getting into the season, would you rank them higher than the first three episodes? Does it feel like it's finding a rhythm and a momentum? I mean, what's your your take on the show now that we're six episodes in? Really halfway through the season. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Um, I would say that I probably enjoyed this this second three more than the first three, but not to take anything away from the first three. Like I enjoyed the first three a lot. Um, but I just I'm excited to see this Briarwood arc. I, I love the first two episodes, but you know, that was something that was new to me, which in a way that might make it more exciting for a lot of people, but I've been anticipating seeing campaign one adapted, you know? So I've like been wanting to see the stuff I'm familiar with, like these moments that I've imagined and like have one day hoped to see animated and now it's here. So I think for those reasons, I've liked the deeper we've gotten into it. Cause we're like getting into the meat of the story that I've been wanting mm -hmm. to see. Um, but it still is, it's still kind of a segue here. It still has a lot of fresh stuff, even for me. Like, uh, they're, they're changing enough stuff to make it, to make it true to the spirit still, but fresh, <laughs> even for somebody that saw yeah. campaign one. Like, uh, just a quick example, the, the episode four where those, you know, wraiths or ghosts or whatever you want to call them you know are coming brutally attacking which that was yeah. just like way more brutal than i anticipated but that didn't insane. happen in the campaign <laughs> it was a it was it was it was similar but it was a different twist um and we don't have to oh, okay. dive down into the deep of the details unless you want to i'm just um, why well, i'm curious like because i as i was watching that scene it was like visceral <laughs> and i was like oh dang like this is getting yeah nuts 
And I thought to myself, man, I need to go back and like watch this episode yeah. from Critical Role is what I was thinking. Well, you still should, but it is slightly different. So just I'll try to give a quick nutshell. Um, so in, in the show, you know, it's because they have the book and the Briarwoods are, you know, trying to get the book back. So they send those wraiths to go fetch it. In the campaign, Desmond, the carriage driver of the Briarwoods, um, Vox Machina like captured him and took him prisoner. There, there is no book in the campaign. So instead they have Desmond in their keep and they're like questioning him, trying to get information out of him. So the Briarwoods send these, uh, invisible like assassins to come kill him. And so, uh, the whole Wraith energy life drain, like completely butchering everyone was totally new to me. Was, uh, were they under house arrest? Were they... Uh, so it's been so long, not in the same way, at least I, they might've been like, you know, in trouble while people, while the investigation is happening for whatever was going on with the Briarwoods, but they weren't like strictly under house arrest. Cause Jarrett, the one, the guard that is like yeah. the leader in the campaign, he is, uh, that's not his role. He's just, a he's a guard that Vox Machina hired to be a guard of their keep. So like he was the always on their team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. But yeah, so there's lots of like slight pivots kind of to like make more sense narratively or maybe just to spice things up that has kept it fresh and exciting for me as well. Yeah, that whole um, scene was nuts. Yeah. I mean, the way, and it actually has like, someone who dms myself i thought man i am so unimaginative with what <laughs> <laughs> matt mercer comes up with. right i mean it was crazy it was really good um did it have a similar moment in the cr uh in the live stream with keyleth keyleth like you know channeling the big um like a solar flare or i don't think so but again okay. you know it's totally possible that there was like a similar moment but i, I don't remember that yeah okay um you know because again they weren't it wasn't that same enemy, so I don't think there was like a we need its weakness type of moment like that. Yeah, yeah. I can't I'm trying to like stop myself from being like, oh, what about this? Like, <laughs> so were, were they separated? Like, you know, <laughs> like stuff like that. So Yeah, I feel you. Anyway, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, cool. But so um oh, I mean, I guess not that we need to do this, but to give a super, super, super quick recap of what happened in the three episodes, basically, oh, yeah, sure. you know, they get put under house arrest. These wraiths attack, like we've just been talking about, to try to get this book back. That fails, but Jared's like, okay, you guys can go, like, go get revenge for my guards. So the party hits the road, you know, is going to Whitestone. They get, you know, some uh, some stuff happens on the way there, but they eventually arrive, and they, you know, find a resistance of people in Whitestone, and basically infiltrate to try to try to free a prisoner and that's basically the whole three episodes and it ends with yeah. percy you know going no mercy percy on uh stonefell yeah that was he was dope i really liked him as a villain like they had the perfect like uh voice for that guy yeah yeah and uh, which what race was he though that's so, what i was wondering yeah so in the campaign he's just a human so i think it's just like a artistic flair or, you know, maybe just kind of spicing it up for the animated show. Uh, since they didn't ever like call attention to the fact that he was like specifically something else, I assume he yeah. still was human, but maybe we'll find out. Like maybe there's some, you know, experimentation going on in Whitestone. I got with... some uh, Negan vibes from him when he brought the hammer down on that. Oh yeah, level. dude. Me too. That was brutal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, it... sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I didn't, see that coming 
Well, and I was thinking about the scene where he brought in the Duke who ripped off the rebel's ear, mm. um, which the Duke seems awesome. But I was wondering like some of these scenes. So here's what we do know is in Exandria Unlimited, uh, Abria would do like these stingers that would happen a- apart from the party. Right. I don't think Matt ever did this. And so like, I'm assuming a lot of these scenes are just, just came from the storyboard team, from the creative team. Like they added some extra context, like the Duke showing up, having his discussion with Captain Stonefell. Mm-hmm. Captain Stonefell, is that right? Yeah, I think. And it's then, definitely um, Stonefell. I don't remember the first The part. Briarwoods going to the graveyard and like mm-hmm. summoning. I mean, I'm assuming none of this was in the live stream. Correct. So yeah. So in the in the live stream, the only perspective we see is that of Vox Machina's. So that's been another way it's been like fresh and new, even for someone who's seen the campaign, because we're getting all these like enemy perspectives and just even NPC perspectives that we maybe weren't aware of, which, um, you know, Matt and mainly Matt, as far as NPCs and enemies are concerned, but the whole cast and everything was definitely in the writer's room. Like they were, you know, everything kind of went through them. So, you know, this isn't just something the the writers came up with, you know, I'm sure they had Matt's blessing or even his guidance for those scenes. Yeah. But yeah. Well, and it was even the scene where um, the, uh, the Briarwoods bring in the, family or the the civilians oh, ooh, yeah you know the girl's like did we win something it's like oh you sweet summer <laughs> child bro i <laughs> Sorry. okay well so yeah let me get your perspective on on that and you know what that led to the the end of episode two what did what were your that thoughts had already on been that spo- it had already been spoiled for oh, me ahead? a long time ago unfortunately did um, i spoil it for you no no i had whenever we were doing um one of our critical role campaign three episodes and um uh ladna was talking about her backstory in whitestone Mm. someone in the twitch like as i was watching the stream said i wonder if she's one of the people that the the briarwoods hung from the tree when vox machina entered the city to like as a warning or whatever they i mean they said like everything in detail and i was like (laughs) you know i'm just enjoying the critical role and i'm like what <laughs> I didn't read any more from it, yeah. but the person like articulated articulated it so plainly that it was like, well, shoot. You just kind of yeah. So I, I already knew what was happening. Um, if I if that hadn't been spoiled for me, I think that would have been a really just insane scene. Um, I imagine for the live stream, it was just nuts. I yeah. Mean, that's, I mean, I, I can't even, I'm almost mad that I wasn't watching back then to experience it. <laughs> so yeah, I've, that's, one, uh, that's one of the moments that like I can vividly remember is that moment happening on stream. And it's funny that you say that whole theory thing, because I don't know if I'm like full steam ahead on that theory train, but I'm kind of liking how that's looking. I'm going to talk about it in the, in the Easter egg video when I do that episode. Um, yeah. But, and we won't, I guess we won't say any, anything more here in case... You guys are watching this. Maybe you haven't watched campaign three um, or referring to a character who's from Whitestone in there. Um, but if you are watching it, you know, anyway, but, um, and I would even say you guys are watching maybe now, if you want to rip that clip from the live stream, when that happens, um, I know I would love to see it. Maybe we can reference it in the comments below for people who want to see that too. The sun tree um, scene. The sun tree scene. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I've already got it ripped. I'm going to put it in the <laughs> in the Easter egg video. So, I mean, still somebody throw it in the comments because that'll be more oh, yeah. accessible, but I will have it. I mean, yeah, in, but I, I think video. I cut you off, though. I mean, yeah, you mentioned it was like a vivid memory. I mean, 
I still haven't had one of those moments yet where you're just like, oh. Actually, I'll, I'll take it back. I did have it in Exandria Unlimited when they were talking about the crown and Dorian tried to take the crown. Oh, yeah. Was like, He's like, give it back. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have, have a problem. problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was like a, oh, what's happening here? But um, nothing to that level, though. Yeah. So I bet it, that was cool to see that reimagined, I guess. It was. And kind of like we were just talking about how, you know, the only perspective on the campaign was that of Vox Machina's. That scene with the Briarwoods and like, oh, you've won. You know, that was brand new. So I, it didn't click for me. And I, I'm sure some people probably saw what was coming. But until Delilah put the the Everlight pendant on that young girl, then I was like, oh, holy crap. These are the people they're going to kill. And so that was like, whoa. Like, even though I knew that moment was coming at some point, yeah. that was still a way to kind of like have it be a shock as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just so brutal. I mean, the show has been pretty dark in a lot of ways. Um, but it, that's true to the, you know, content of the original campaign. So it's just nice to see them not shy away from that. But one thing you've mentioned to me, cause I've asked you before, like, Hey, talk to me about like the vibe of campaign one versus campaign two. And something you've said a couple of times is that campaign one is very much high fantasy. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've gleaned that just from, 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 excuse me, watching the show. And in some ways I kind of missed, missed that element a little bit, even from campaign three. Um, which I wouldn't necessarily say campaign three isn't high fantasy, but, um, actually I, I would say it's not yet. I wouldn't say since we haven't seen the whole, it hasn't come out yet, obviously, but, um, basically they're not like, you know, dungeon diving for goblins or giants or, right. what have you. um, but, um, all that to say point that I was trying to make was, um, I can see some elements, some notes of that, even in the animated series. Um, and it's cool. It's fun to watch. You know, it's fun to see high fantasy stuff yeah for sure and i think a lot of that's kind of attributed to the fact that you know this was the first one and a lot of them had never played DD before so when you make a character you're probably going to kind of slot into one of those you know archetypal is that a word archetypal 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 yeah (laughs) one of those archetypes Archetypes. of like you know like the legolas like basically lord of the rings classes in a way you know so i think that kind of helped like basically carve the whole vibe of the campaign since they're since Vox Machina themselves kind of fit into those fantasy tropes really well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah, it's funny you say that because I, I totally agree. And I think, I mean, not that this is the time or place for this discussion, but I think probably campaign one is my favorite. Obviously, campaign three is not even in that competition at this point, but just between one and two, I think I liked one more for those reasons that it was more of a, you know, typical high fantasy story, but I loved campaign too. Nobody get, nobody start fighting me in the comments. They're both great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I, go, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> I don't say anything. <laughs> oh. <laughs> One thing um, I did want to ask you about, uh, cause we, we try not to talk too much about, uh, you know, our thoughts cause we want to save it for when we're doing this. Sure. But, um, you know, I did, I just asked you, you know, like, what'd you think after you saw it and you said it was good, but you thought it was moving pretty fast. So I was just going to ask you to like, kind of, yeah, yeah, take, sure. Like talk more about that, what you thought there. Yeah. I mean, um, it, man, it's so hard to be unbiased for the show. I, I want to say, I feel like, I want to say, I feel like we're saying we like the show cause it's really a good show and that we're not just, you know, fanboys. I, I'm sure there's a little bit of dis, distruth to that or something, but I genuinely feel like it's a really great show. I really have enjoyed it so far. Um, the music, by the way, also is really good. Oh yeah. Um, but like my one tiny criticism is it 
it does feel like it's moving very fast in the sense of it's hard to it's hard to describe it. It just kind of feels like the conversation at the table was, hey, we need to really fit this all in this season, presuming that the Briarwood arc is is season one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, let's let's just make stuff happen. Now, the benefit of this is there hasn't been any filler. Like one thing I I noticed from the very first episode, or maybe it was the second episode, is the episodes aren't very long. I mean, they're 18, 22 minutes long. Yeah. And I feel like it it's a great sign in any show, but especially in an animated show, where the problem can be established in the first few minutes, and by the next 20 minutes, they are resolving it. Yeah. Like that's a really nice rhythm and a pacing, as opposed to like, you know, the classic <laughs> anime uh in one minute, I will yeah. blow up, Nimic, you know, and then like, it's Three, been like the episodes, yeah. <laughs> still a minute, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 it's, it's such, it, it's probably an unfair criticism because I do like that there's not a lot of filler, but it just almost feels like I can't get my feet set in the setting and kind of take it in before moving on to the next thing. Mm. Here's a great example is, um, you know, the guard Jarrett and mm. um Iman like I have so many questions and thoughts about like Lady Alora like what's her relationship to the sovereign like yeah. is that is that his wife or is she like the number one advisor um you know what's what's Jarrett's whole story in this whole thing um you know I just have all these thoughts and questions but it's it's like going on to the next plot point that um it just feels like I have these unanswered questions that it's kind of like, well, you kind of have to watch the live stream to get that context, which is fine. But it it is a criticism from me where I just, it's like, I, and it's weird to even articulate it. Cause like, I'm, I'm not saying like, okay, I want to hit the pause button. I want us to slow it down. I guess it's almost like, kind of like I'm, rem, I'm remiss that I'm not getting to really soak it in as much as I want to before we're moving on to the next thing. Does that all make sense? Yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. And that's interesting. That's a that's an that's a good perspective that I don't have because, you know, those questions you have, I know the answers to because of because of campaign 1. Now, at this stage of campaign 1, I didn't have those answers, just like you don't at this stage of the show. Um so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what moments they give time to breathe versus, you know, get cut in in service of condensing 3 hours down into 20 minutes in a lot of cases, but I think those questions you have will get answered. It might just be later, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's easy for me to say this as the one who has the, the knowledge to say it, like it's probably not fair for me because sure to say this, but um, I would say that, you know, if I'm, I'm losing my own train of thought here, hold on. <laughs> uh, well, that like those, uh, how do I, Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to see if I can figure well, I out how to phrase this better. Just, I feel like I should have like thought this through a little bit better, even on the front end for like some more examples, but like, no, I know what you're saying. It, it almost feels like to keep the plot moving. There's like these moments of convenience also that happen. Like for example, when they return, when Percy returns to Whitestone and um, they come across lady, what's her name? Uh, the woman who is the um, like, Oh, town square yeah yeah creature. uh, uh crap. i know who you're talking I about i can't remember the name though well so when he approaches her uh, she's like going home for the night she says oh percy is that really you mm-hmm. he didn't announce himself as percy <laughs> he has 
you know, white gray hair. So it's clearly been quite a while True. since. And so like, it almost felt like a moment of convenience, like, Hey, you're Percy. And now let's move to the next thing of like, what do we do together rather than, well, who are you? What your person? No, Percy died. Like, like right. these are just, it's almost feels like these are minutes of screen time. We don't really have time to really dedicate yeah. to because we, there's, there's more important stuff we need to do. And I don't yeah. fault them for that. It's just for me as someone who is so in love with critical role and regrets that I haven't watched through season one or campaign mm-hmm. one that I'm like, Oh, if I could just, if we could get just a little bit more right there, yeah, that would be really fulfilling. No, I mean, I think that's fair. I, I agree too. Uh, but it's, and I mean, I think you already said it, so I don't need to re-say it, but I think that's just one of the issues you run into when you got to cut it down to, sure. you know, 10 episodes since we're the first two were kind of unrelated, you know, to fit this whole story in. But I, I agree. Like, I mean, if we could make this each episode an hour long and have 24 episodes this season, like I'd be about it still. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you lose some of the magic when you have to cut out the moments and that's part of what makes critical role so great you know and i kind of remembered what i was trying and failing to say earlier is that so those comments like those questions you have about these characters and wanting to feel like more immersed in the world like what's their place here you know yada 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 obviously those answers do exist and they may be coming um but kind of like and again this may be just me having the benefit of the doubt that i can say this but it's kind of like the real world, you know, in a way, like just because you meet a character doesn't mean it's like Chekhov's gun and they're going to have like, you know, this integral part to play in the episode. Like sure. they're just, they're living their life and they're going on. Maybe we'll interact with them and find out more about them later. Yeah. You know, maybe not. So I, yeah, I don't, I don't That's know fair. if I'm saying this at all. Right. But it, that being said, like I, you're what you, what you're feeling is a hundred percent valid and a hundred percent like accurate even. Well, I just, and I, and I shouldn't imply that these things, these moments aren't happening. I mean, you know, the writing I feel like has been pretty good in terms of creating those moments and it not feeling weird or awkward. Yeah. Um, Cause sometimes, you know, exposition or writing to advance a character's um, story can be so forced and awkward. Right. Um, my wife and I were watching like the first few minutes of a show the other day and woman was talking to her therapist and she was like the therapist was like well you know since the accident where your daughter died that day that you know you're afraid of the rain or something i was like this is like so like overtly it's just silly yeah and so i i don't think that they're um i think in the moments they're creating they're doing it really well perfect example keyleth and percy they're locked away in a room together i loved by the way the detail of percy um because i from what i remember he would in his and their short rests or whatever would kind of tinker and mess with his guns. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a really cool, just flavor detail. Agreed. Um, I love that. Scene. It's going to show up in your Easter egg video, but um, Keyleth <laughs> just mentioning like, yeah, I, I can't go home. Like here's what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a really great scene and it's, it's yeah. only 45 seconds of screen time, two minutes of screen time. And yet it tells us something really interesting about our character that also is consistent with her character from what we've seen in the first three episodes. Unsure of right. herself you know, seemingly wants something to prove, but not in an arrogant way. It's almost like it's been cast on her. Um, And so, and it also set up the end of that episode really well. Um, And again, that's only a minute of, of that happening. So, so yeah, I mean, I I think they are doing a good job with it. I don't want to make it sound like they're just going so fast. There's no development happening at all. Right. Yeah. Um, But naturally I just want more. Yeah. No, I think that's a, I think that's a fair criticism. Um, You know, I think that just, 
at some point a little bit has to give somewhere and i think you know it's, it's those types of moments at, at times um but yeah everyone if you feel the same way check out uh check out the campaigns proper start with campaign three we talk about that every week join us yeah yeah and <laughs> so, i think maybe that's the bias too is we watch a five-hour critical role episode where they have like you know three hours of just development and dialogue i mean like lore dropped yeah so, yeah you know exactly right but um what do we want to talk about like other specific moments that happened in the show uh i mean popped up or i mean i'm down to go any direction if you had anything in particular you wanted to talk about or any moment i do have a question so like the briarwoods they just have giants walking around the city like are they what's going on with that what's up with that yeah (laughs) so yeah um That was a great game. That's from campaign yeah. three. Another reason to watch. Um, but yeah, so I mean, without diving into any spoilers, just based on what we already know, you know, clearly the Briarwoods came into Whitestone, are evil, have taken over. You know, most of the city is just living in terror and kind of doing what they can. Um, they pretty much, I don't know if it's they, if it's that they can't leave, but it might be and i'm not like trying to hide spoilers here i actually just don't remember that exact detail but uh it's it's basically like a a prison whitestone and those giants are the guards in a way to think about it they're making sure that everyone stays in line you know especially since we have this rebellion going on it's just another uh safe safekeeping is not the right word but it's just a way to keep things in line to yeah, okay. to put it not simply, I guess. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Okay. But yeah. Uh, what did you... Okay. Uh, okay, I don't know if I'm going to say that yet, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait and shift to something else for now. But one moment that, you know, I don't know if I wish I could erase from my mind or not was when Scanlan is getting, like, the tentacle monster <laughs> down his throat. That never yeah. happened in the campaign, but, you know, uh, okay. they're... They're taking their their chances, and that was one of them. Yeah, I was like, the show is definitely not something my <laughs> wife would appreciate. But yeah, that's definitely like a Scanlan thing, though, because I mean, it seems like he kind yeah. of enjoys it for a second. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, Which I liked. I, the, the The illustration of those monsters is really cool, though. Too. I mean, it gave a great insight of, um, you know, the Briarwoods as not just evil, but, um, you know, kind of mad scientist esque as well yeah so. yeah which that could be what was going on with stonefell you know like maybe he is a human but there's some mad scientist stuff going on that he was all about yeah, or something he's been messing with it too long yeah so. yeah for sure oh and i meant to say this earlier but um oh gosh i am being terrible for not remembering names but the the other the big gold arm guy the duke the duke yeah he uh yeah is voiced by the hound from game of thrones so i thought that was a cool little oh that's cool it yeah feels like he fits pretty well is um, the duke in the live stream uh yes okay i'm pretty certain there's i think so i think so i could yeah, be okay. wrong but i'm pretty sure he is or at least so i guess this is a good time to talk about it we've already talked about how there's been some changes um another pretty big change but i understand like the narrative reason for it is uh archie you know the the 
guy in prison they went to save in the campaign he wasn't like this dwarf leader of the rebellion he was like an old he was like an old man that was like one of the Dorolo's like advisors back when they ruled Whitestone. So the reason I'm like so iffy on that Duke question is I can't remember if maybe he was a character that they have like shifted slightly. So I don't remember if like the Duke literally that character was in the campaign or not. But I think I think he was. Yeah, and one thing I do like also, I don't know how to describe this, but going back to like exposition and how they like write scenes, um when the woman mentions that Archie is the one leading the rebellion and Percy's like, Oh, Archie, really? We go way back. And instead of just us listening to him do like this really, you know, long explanation, first of all, he kind of jokes at it. Like he says some things, then he kind of looks around and he's like, Oh, uh, this isn't really important. That's kind of what he does. <laughs> but also I like how they have his dialogue keep going in the background while Keyleth goes over to the sun tree's roots and like mm. tries to talk to it and yeah. can you hear me i mean that was a i don't know i just i don't know what how to describe that or what what concept that is and like in storyboarding or writing or whatever but um that i also really liked too yeah and speaking of the sun tree i hope that we get to see more of it uh because you know well okay i won't say anything else but i just i hope there's more sun tree in our future i'll put it that way okay um, <laughs> but so okay I want to, you know, not to put you on the spot or anything, but I'm curious what you think maybe we're in store for. And since I can't really, you know, speak on that, I'm just, yeah, sure. you know, not to make you guess. And then like, I'm gonna be like, ah, oh, you were wrong or anything, but just, yeah. you know, I'm curious, like what you think maybe we're going to get out of the, like, where do you the think some episode? of these things are going? Yeah. Yeah. Well, just to like kind of word vomit some things. One thing that's interesting is Pike, who I really like Ashley Johnson, really like Pike. The character as well that has felt different it's felt a little off in the sense of i'm kind of wondering like okay what's what's the point of all of this mm -hmm. um was she on her tv show did she have to leave when they did the briarwood arc okay so let me i'll let me word vomit for a second and okay. get this get this spiel I, I out of the way watching with their illithid arc if you can call it that mm -hmm. there was something happening with her where like she just wasn't she felt like that block there with um, right and right. so but so they changed it they wrote it in as like she thought it was a curse from you know lady briarwood um so yeah go ahead and word vomit context there I guess. okay i guess so. i'll have i'll have two a two-pronged word vomit first of all on the on the crack and the pendant and the strained relationship there that did happen in the campaign, but it was, it was complete under completely different circumstances. Um, it was actually because she like kind of ruthlessly murdered a monster. Uh, like, I don't remember the exact context, but essentially, you know, they're fighting like goblins or some sort of like non-humanoid, like monster character. And, you know, in D and D like you knock things unconscious or you can kill them. So whatever this monster was, was like unconscious and Pike just walked up and slit its throat. <laughs> and um, Which, I mean, in D&D, &D, especially at this point in the campaign, that was very early. They had just started, you know, there. That was against what her character, like her alignment, if you're familiar with D&D &D alignment, that was like yeah. an action that was against her alignment. She's this holy cleric that's supposed to be, you know, like righteous and honorable. And yet she like ruthlessly murdered um a defenseless even though it was a bad guy bad guy 
Uh, so Matt, as kind of like an alignment penalty for that, said, you know, your pendant has like a crack in it now. And so there was this whole similar storyline of her like trying to go remedy that. So in the show, we're getting like the same bones, but like a different thing because clearly pike didn't brutally murder somebody in the show uh <laughs> but there is something going on there because you know as we know yeah, okay. the priests were like oh you're not cursed like there's something else like you the relationship is strained for some reason but we don't know yet so i'm interested to find out why and where that leads um okay so that was the first part the second part is that yes ashley was gone uh a lot during campaign one and campaign two actually uh because she was on a tv show blind spot she had that was like the main thing, but there were other reasons at times too that she wasn't there. So she was kind of like a, and she wasn't a guest star. She's been a main cast member the whole time, but like she was effectively a guest for a lot of campaign one and two because she would frequently be gone. So Matt has to kind of write that into the story in ways when, you know, a main character ups and disappears for stretches at a time. So this story where, you know, she leaves to go get that fixed, even though it's for different reasons, did happen in the campaign and that because Ashley, the real human, was gone. So anyway, all that to say that in the show, I was curious how they would handle this, if they would just retcon it and Pike would be with them the whole time, all the time, or if they would still kind of write in her having absences. And clearly they're doing the latter because, you know, Pike yeah. left the group at the end of episode four. And I forgot what your original question was, but hopefully maybe that, <laughs> no, maybe that I, gave I, you some I insight. Say, I'm assuming we're going to get more of that. The one thing I really don't like in shows is when someone has to, sorry, someone like they dedicate like an episode of travel mm. and someone else is going like in completely different direction and they're like on like the path of enlightenment or like figuring something out or getting healed or what have you. And then at like the most dire moment that character shows up like restored and ready to help. Yeah. It's such a trope that drives me crazy <laughs> because it's like somehow they traveled there. Like we saw just eight minutes ago, they were just getting themselves like resolved in whatever conflict they're in. And now they're suddenly here. Right. It drives me crazy. So like I, Game I, of I Thrones hope, season eight. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I genuinely hope we're not, that's not going to happen or that if it does happen, it's done so well that I don't even care. Like, yeah. I mean, so I hope that's not going to happen. Um, I'm assuming just total shot in the dark here. I'm assuming I noticed how when Percy shot and killed Captain Stonefell, the name, which I need to go back and see like a still of all the names that were on there. Yeah. Um, cause that was really, that was a really cool detail how it vanished from his gun. Yeah. Um, that was cool. Uh, so I'm assuming, I mean, there's only six episodes left. So I'm assuming he's going to, he's going to ace the Duke. He's going to knock out uh, Rufus or the whatever the advisor was. That was like a family advisor who in the last shot with right. his sister, um, uh, big, ugly Rufus guy. I, can't, I don't I think his name I think it's uh, Professor Anders or something like that. That's right. Yeah. Rufus. That was way off. <laughs> <laughs> Samsonite. Swimmy, swammy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Professor Anders. Yeah, that's right. I don't know if he's on the gun, but seems like a person that he would put on there. Uh, and then I think we're going to see a massive battle with the Briarwoods. And um, I mean, if they can control giants, I'm a bit concerned about this power level gap. Uh, sort of implied power level gap. Yeah. Um, they don't have their healer. They don't have their cleric. They have one less person. Right. So 
I don't know. That's kind of what I'm expecting, though. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I won't comment too much on that, but okay. Okay. I, I am interested to see that, like, since we have six episodes left, half the season, in a way, I mean, I shouldn't say this, but in a way, we have more than we've had because the first two episodes were an unrelated story. So, like, even though we only right. have half left, and maybe I'm just, you know, trying to cope here, it feels like we have more than half left of the story to go. Um, I'm wondering, and again, I, I have not seen Campaign 1 in, like, since it came out. When so, I don't five years ago, something around there. So while I, like, know generally, like, what happened in Campaign 1, I don't remember, like, the explicit details. So I really don't know what to expect. Like, like I know where we're supposed to end up ultimately, but I have no idea what to expect for the six episodes that are leading us there. So, like, you know, not this show hasn't been, like, a monster of the week show like we're oh you know well, we got to go stop this guy this week and oh we did it you know like a like right. a formula tv show it hasn't been like that so not that i would even guess that oh like this will be the enemy next episode this will be the enemy next episode but i really have no idea what to yeah what to expect it does seem like we're gonna get more of um maybe some romance between the characters oh um, i'm digging vax and keyleth ship it i like it <laughs> And I like Vex, you know, being kind of the protective sister. Um, like yeah. She's an idiot. You know, what's going on there? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I also like the dev- the writing of Vex also as like sort of like the, um, you know, it's it's just it's just the two of us. Like that's who's most yeah. important. And they reference Syngorn and, you know, that whole thing. Um, so, yeah, it goes back to my previous comment. These little breadcrumbs of like story of, of character development is really interesting. In the live stream, was there... Were there overt romances that developed as the campaign went on? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So like, I mean, you know, there might've been, there might've been, but yeah, Yeah. I think they've done a great job of having moments that ring true for like, for the spirit of stuff that happened in campaign one. And I feel like they've done a really good job of that. Uh, The, like you mentioned between Vax and Vex, especially i i love that scene it like said so much in just 15 seconds of screen time but yeah they have the relationship you described like that's their relationship they've they've only had each other their whole lives and so i kind of like the the pull and tug between like all right you know the two of us we could get out of here like no one's going to catch us but if we go as the group like we're screwed and so it's like well should we do what we've always done and look out for ourselves or you know should we try this should we try to make it work with these people so I love that. And uh, I mentioned this in the Easter egg video, but we're right here. So I want to say it. a moment I loved in that moment is, you know, they took all their weapons because they're under house arrest. And in that scene, they even took all the knives and the forks and everything out of the kitchen. Um, but in that scene, Vax is twirling a knife. So he had like sleight of hand been able to like hide one away from the guards. And I just that's just like a little attention to detail that I love. Yeah, nice. That's cool. Yeah, I need to go back and watch your latest Easter egg video. And I'm looking forward to the future ones too, because again, Ooh. it's a nice context. So I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, for you guys who are watching, what do you, uh, it's almost dangerous to ask, what do you expect? Especially since assuming a lot of you have probably seen campaign one or you're in the, in, in, in the know about it. Um, like we said in our last video, and again, we'll do another one for the next three that come out next week and the week after. Um, anytime you write a comment that is spoilery, for my sake and anyone else who's checking out uh, our comments who's only seen Legend of Vox Machina, uh, definitely do a big spoiler 
you know, heads yeah, up, please. hey, you know, that's really helpful. But let us know also what you're expecting. What do you think? What's going to happen? Um, other small details, changes maybe that you really appreciated or uh, breaks from the live stream. Um, Will, is there anything else you want to talk about from these three episodes? Yeah, uh, well, not from the three episodes, but yeah. I did we have something. We don't necessarily have to wrap up. I just, no, yeah. Yeah, I just, it was a good segue to mention to the, since we're talking about what's going to happen. So. Yeah, for sure. And again, not to wrap us up either, but what I have to say is kind of a aside. Yeah. Uh, so I, this is just a, an idea in my brain right now. May not, this may not even happen, but uh, we have six episodes left. So two, two releases left of the show. Um, I was thinking it might be fun to like watch some episodes together. Like if any of y'all wanted to watch because, uh, uh, Twitch has this functionality called Watch Party, where if you have Amazon Prime, you can watch their shows like with people. So again, don't know if this is actually going to happen, but if anyone would be interested in that, I guess like let us know because I don't know. I think that'd be fun to kind of set up and yeah, at least for maybe some of the episodes, watch them together. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it'd be really cool. Me and you, if no one else, but if anyone else wants to as well. Um, yeah, so yeah. just throwing that out there. Yeah. Well, and then also we need to do, I feel like we keep talking about this Witcher video. <laughs> <laughs> we, need to, we need to do the Witcher video. We, we do, we do. <laughs> uh, someone commented on it too. I don't remember who it was, but um, we need to do that. And then um, did you finish uh, episode 12 for CR3? No, I, I plan on finishing it tomorrow. Have you yeah. finished it? No, I've barely watched any of it. So the latest Critical Role episode, those of you guys who follow the campaign in our deep dives, uh, we're recording this right now. It is Saturday night. Episode went live Thursday night. It was another five-hour episode. Um, no excuses for you guys. Maybe you like watching our deep dives immediately after. Um, my wife works Thursdays and Fridays, and so Friday I'm usually being a dad. Um, so whenever Will told me, hey, it's another five-hour episode, I was like, oh, man, I can't. I can't stay up and do that. So I still need to watch it. Will, you said uh, yeah, you I need, need to, to finish, finish it. finish it up. So hopefully, um, I would say maybe Monday would be probably a fair expectation for us to sit down and get that video up. Yeah, let's shoot for that. Okay. So you guys who maybe you expect that video, on check back on Monday and we'll have the um, our thoughts on episode 12, the latest episode um, from the third campaign as well. Yeah. So uh, thumbnail, what are we doing? Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to do like a like a no mercy did we, did we do no mercy percy last time no uh -uh. okay maybe like a no mercy percy but i don't yeah, okay. i don't know exactly how but yeah um I'm like looking around to see <laughs> what maybe like have? maybe i'll like be shooting you and you'll be like terrified or something yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. <laughs> but you need to face the the way no the other way okay yeah yeah okay <laughs> all right well thank you guys for watching our video again we're at the pixelist on twitter let us know in the comments don't be a stranger we actually comment on pretty much everything that gets commented below we just love to engage and have a good time with our fellow D, &D fans so let us know what you think and other than that we'll see you monday yeah see you guys see ya